1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. In terms of the market, we are heading into the wrap-up of 2021. What can you tell us in terms of the numbers? Well, York Region has been absolutely on fire. Now, thinking, let's look back two years. And in 2019, we completed 15,428 sales. And at this time uh, in 2019, we had 1,773 properties available for sale, which was not bad. In 2020, we burst through those numbers. So we sold 17,350 properties. And inventory is low. Inventory is only at 1,474 homes at this time last year. Well, this year, we've already completed 21,340 homes, and that's just through 11 months. But what's scary, Tina, is inventory is down to just over 1,000 units. And considering November, we sold about 1,600 units, that is not even one month of inventory. And I don't think I've ever seen inventory at less than one month in my entire career. I think that's been your favorite buzzword for 2021, lack of inventory. Okay, a few words there. So do you (laughs) anticipate a change in 2022? Well, here's here's the issue with that. We've got immigration coming back in. We've got, uh, you know, a lot of people that had been unable to purchase a home. They're looking to get into the market still. And we're still going to have our 2022 demand as well. So there's so much pressure on supply right now that I'm not even sure if, you know, and we're going to need a huge increase in supply. So we need housing starts to go through the roof. We need people putting their homes on the market, but these people are not going to be putting their homes on the market if they have nowhere to go to. So I think the supply crunch is going to continue. Demand is going to remain strong and and even get stronger. So that's a lot of pressure and upward pressure on price. Now, you said the numbers for 2021, and again, we still have weeks to go here, but they're over 21,000 in terms of sales. Uh, How does that compare to other years? And would you consider, and I know you talked about 2019 and 2020, would you consider those, though, typical real estate years? So 2019 would be a typical year. There was not much typical about last year, but overall, the number of sales seems to have caught up with where we should have been. And and that was around the 17,000 mark. It was just over 17,000. There was pent-up demand from the the first few months of the year that uh, really helped escalate the sales for the latter part of the year. But when we look at this year, it it almost feels like an anomaly. But the thing is that everything that's on the market is selling. People want to be in a home. And at 21,000 sales, if you even compare it, if you say 2020 was not a typical year and you compare it back to 2019, that's still a 25% increase in number of sales. And it's pretty indicative of the inventory levels because we're down about 
40% in inventory. So there's not a lot for sale. There's not a lot, there's, you know, very slim pickings uh, for those that are very selective in what they want for their new home. There's like, sometimes you're going to have to compromise and be able to fix up your home in order to get it to where you want it to be. So you've said there is a need for supply. We need more homes, more housing, but that doesn't happen overnight. What happens in the meantime then? There's, uh, and, and typically, this is why we're seeing a lot of pressure on the rental market as well. There's not a lot of homes available to rent. People are going to have to, you know, maybe think about sharing a home with other families or, or their parents or their children because until our inventory starts to catch up with demand, the problem is we were only building about 36% of what we needed in terms of homes for sale. And that has been a an issue since 2015, 2016. And if you look back at when the numbers started to peak in terms of appreciation, that's when they started to peak. It was because we had stopped building enough homes in the GTA and specifically in York Region, which has caused us to be in a situation where now we are at less than one month of inventory. A normal market, even when I started in real estate, and that's not that long ago, it's about 16 years ago, we were at about three months of inventory. And that was, I mean, it, it still was a seller's market. But at the same time, you had people that could go out and purchase a home. You had a selection. So at this point, that time, we were probably faced with three or 4,000 homes on the market, but now we have 1,000 homes on the market, which is ridiculous. And think about this. That's York Region numbers. We'll have a little bit more in terms of Toronto numbers, but there's 67,000 realtors in the Toronto area. And if York Region, you've got 67,000 people trying to sell 1,000 homes, there's not a lot there for realtors either. Do you think that trend will continue in 2022 about relocating not only out of the city, but across the country? It certainly will, because for those that want to purchase a home now with a work-at-home option, you don't have those restrictive borders anymore as to where you can live. Uh, there's a lot of people that will have to choose to commute if they want to own a home, because they may not be able to live where they work. But, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of move over buyers, especially to the East Coast, where it's still affordable, even to the West Coast, to, you know, Manitoba, Alberta. You're going to start to see more people think of those options for home. And either they're going to have to find employment over there or they're going to have to have a, a work at home option where they can continue to work for the company they are currently with and be able to live farther out. Overall, do you think that consumers have confidence in the real estate market? I think there's tremendous confidence in the real estate market. Uh, you're starting to see pretty much appreciation year after year after year. There hasn't been any instances of prices falling, and you need catalysts to have the prices fall. You need skyrocketing interest rates, and, and not the quarter point or the half a point interest rates that are pretty normal year after year. But you need interest rates to go up by four, five, six, seven percent in order for people to consider selling and, and maybe renting or having financial issues. But we're, we don't have that, and we don't have huge job losses. 
And the main thing is, we don't have supply, and it all comes down to the economics of supply and demand, and we don't have any supply. All right. After the break, we talk money, the cost of borrowing. Stay with us. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties, with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Colin Mason from the Mortgage Domain. Colin, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Colin, there's been so much talk about interest rates maybe rising in the next couple of months, and what we're hearing is some banks may have jumped the gun. Tell us a little bit more about what's happening with rates. Uh, Well, this time of year, uh, rates are a little bit, bit, there's a little bit of volatility um, uh, with the rate market. Um, The rates have gone up over the last, uh, say, the last month. Uh, It's a predictable increase. So I've always been telling clients that, you know, the fact that rates are as low as they are, um, it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's something very, uh, predictable that rates are going to start to go up at some point. Uh, and so we've seen that in the last month. Prime rate has stayed low. So the variable rate, um, is right now the, uh, the product that a lot of clients are gravitating towards because the rate uh, is is obviously uh, a very low rate, uh, which makes it a lot easier for them payment-wise, and they're saving a lot of money. And what is the change in the rates? What does it mean to your clients, to the average consumer? Oh uh, Well, I think the problem that the consumers are running into right now is the fact that they have been so used to low rates, and rates have been so low for so long that uh, any movement in the market is going to create uh, a, a bit of a stir. So that's that's a, a challenge that a lot of people are getting their head around is trying to trying to understand what it's going to be like to have a higher mortgage payment. Um, we all know about the stress test that was introduced back several years ago. Uh, this is kind of what it was protecting consumers. Uh, against is to make sure that they were aware of the fact, or or at least they would qualify um, for a higher interest rate if their mortgages come up for renewal. So uh, I think that that's a, a big thing is it just clients are just very used to low interest rates. And that's a great point because I was going to add that they've already qualified for a higher rate when they apply for a mortgage. So it shouldn't affect them too much in terms of affordability. Because that should be taken into account with the stress test, right? Absolutely. I think the only problem is that I, I would say that people have to be very careful that if you qualify for a mortgage at, say, for example, five and a quarter percent, which is uh, the, the benchmark stress test rate, even though your rate may be you know as low as one and a half percent if you took a variable, uh, the your people still have to make sure that they are doing their own budget, making sure that they are do their own stress tests, essentially, where they're protecting themselves against the possibility of higher interest rates. So um, the fact that they qualified 
if if they now go out and you know buy a new car, uh, get increase their credit uh, debt load, uh, that could cause a problem for them down the road uh, because of the fact they have loaded themselves with, with a lot more debt, and now they're going to they will find it a little bit more difficult to make those mortgage payments. Okay, so you detailed there, you know, what it means for those who have a fixed mortgage or a variable mortgage. Are you suggesting then that some, if they can, should try to lock it in right now before the rates go even higher? Well, that's a big question. Um, so the, the issue, uh, when we do the math on the variable rate mortgage right now, so for example, let's say you get uh, rates as low as you know 1.5. Some, some I've even seen some a little bit lower than that. Uh, but let's just use 1.5 as, as an example. What we really need to do is to try to anticipate the likelihood of increasing the in, of the interest rates increasing, and what what is the timeline? So you know, if you were to take a look at a a, a realistic quarter point increase, uh, you know, over the next interval quarter percent increases over the period of time, uh, say over a two, three-year period, the overall savings is still can be, I'm not going to say it is, because obviously everybody's scenario would have to run the num- numbers uh, on an individual basis, but a lot of the time the numbers still work out to go with a variable rate, even though they may end up with a slightly higher rate at the end of the term. But the overall average compounding effect that the lower interest rate has at the beginning portion of the term will still yield a lower yielded rate uh, overall. So, you know, it's there are some people that prefer to know what their interest rate is going to be and, and they don't have to worry about it. And you're going to pay a little bit of a premium for that right now. And Colin, with the Bank of Canada pretty much poised to be increasing the rate, maybe even a quarter point uh, in the new year or at some point in the near future, what is that going to mean? Are the banks going to increase rates again? Or is this a preemptive increase, assuming that the Bank of Canada will increase rates? Well, the Bank of Canada right now has been pretty uh, steady with the with the rates. There hasn't have there hasn't been a, a significant increase in prime. I think that's why right, the, the, a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that bond the bond yields are what create the the fixed rates, or they're at least impacted. That's how the fixed rates are impacted on the bond yields. So that market is completely different than what uh, the the Bank of Canada uh, and the feds are looking at when they're adjusting the prime rate. So, um, you know, it's very... It, the the fixed rates, I think, you're going to see continuously going up. Uh, I think it's... it's uh, They will continue to go up over the course of, say, the next uh, year or so. Uh, but I think prime rate will stay relatively low uh, over the next... 12 to 18 months as well. You may see an increase, but I think that that's why I think a lot of people are, are really gravitating towards the variable rate. Uh, one thing as, as well I'd like to add is that people need to really realize if they take a look at the span of rates over a long period of time, these rates are still extremely low. Uh, you know, you don't have to look that far back to see interest rates 7 8%. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of aging myself here, but uh, when I first started in the industry, rates were 17%. So, you know, and now I don't think that you're 
I, it, I think it's unlikely that you're ever going to see 17% uh, interest rates again, but I think that uh, 5 6% interest rates are not outrageous. They may be something that you may uh, ultimately see down the road. So, I, you know, I don't know whether it's going to be five years down the road, uh, but I think people need to really be aware of the fact that these rates are as low as they are. Uh, it's a, take advantage of it while you can, even taking it. There's really no bad decision right now. If you take a five-year fixed or you take a, a variable, you're still take advantage of these low borrowing rates while you can, because I think that down the road, rates will be uh, high enough that people, it, it, it may make it difficult for people, uh, especially if the housing prices continue to go up. So is that your advice then right now to our listeners, those who are shopping for a home, to just lock in, get in there as soon as you can and take advantage of it now? Well, again, that's a, a, a very, you have to be careful how I answer that question, but I think what we do have, I use the example of you know, when you're at the airport and you're walking to your gate and you, you know that, uh, that sidewalk that's kind of moving, um, you're, that's sort of the housing market. And if you, if you, do, if you get on that, the housing market train right now, um, I think you'll be able to build equity. And I think that's the move right now because down the road, you'll always, people's incomes generally go up, particularly for newer buyers. Um, it, it just seems to me that a lot of clients are procrastinating or, or at least trying to, um, you know, wait a little bit, save up a larger down payment, uh, you know, wait a little bit until their income goes up. And although, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. In fact, it's in many instances, it's the best solution. But uh, a lot of the time, those clients come back to us a year down the road. And then the house that they were looking at, that was 850000 is now over a million dollars. And uh, you know what I mean? So it, it's unfortunately sometimes waiting it out may not necessarily mean that at the end of the day, they're going to get a house. So if there's a way that they can get in right now and it's, and it's affordable for them, I would say, you know, uh, again, predicting that interest rates are going to continue or continue to go up and housing prices right now, again, I don't see them dropping anytime soon. There is a housing shortage, uh, we all know that. So I think supply and demand, uh, all of these things mixed together, I think that it's not going to get much easier to get a, a, a property uh, moving forward. So if, the, if, the, if there's a way that they can make it work now, I would highly recommend that they do that. And that's a great point. We always hear people saying, I'm going to sell and rent and wait for prices to calm down. Uh, there really is no end in sight to the price appreciation. And now with looming interest rate hikes, it makes a lot of sense to jump into the market. Colin, what about people that are listening that want to refinance their mortgages? Is this a good time? Should they be waiting it out with maybe a shorter term? Do you see rates climbing consistently over the next little while so they should lock in for a longer term? Because sometimes uh, you know, people are told to just bridge with a, a one-year mortgage or a two-year mortgage. But what about right now? What should they be doing? Uh, well, refinances depends on what they need the money for. I always urge clients to make sure that they're not refinancing for the wrong reason. Um, refinancing to sustain a lifestyle, uh, essentially people uh, using their houses as a uh, as a bank a bank card or you know a debit machine is is a 
something to be very careful uh, about. I think for the most part, clients tend to be very uh, careful about what, why they're refinancing. So obviously, put, improving your, your your property is always a good uh, a good thing because uh, you're obviously adding to the value. Um, in terms of interest rates, again, it's really not much different than the decision they would make on a purchase. Uh, I would, we always, again, explain to clients, we, we do take the time to make sure that they're making decisions, uh, but they're looking forwardly and trying to determine what their plan is. So, you know, if you're thinking of moving, uh, if you're, uh, if, if there's anything in the future that's going to create a scenario uh, where there might be a change in your housing situation, we we try to help them make the right decision. Variable rate mortgages do tend to come with a a lower uh, penalty calculation, which is great for those that think that they may uh, want to have to pay that more or may have to pay that mortgage out down the road if they're selling and and you know may not want to buy something right away. Uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, they usually come with a three-month interest penalty rather than the interest rate adjustment calculation, which is more uh, common with uh, with fixed rates. Um, so, I, you know, again, rates are going up. We know that. Uh, if you think you're going to be in your property for a while and you want to do a refinance, uh, you know, taking a five-year rate is not a bad decision. Uh, but, again, playing that variable game uh, is also... Uh, can be uh, a good decision. One thing I do, you know, when you're in a, a fixed income scenario, if you're buying it or you're at the, if you're at capacity, then fixed would be a better uh, scenario because if you don't have the ability to increase your income, uh, you know, based on hours or, or uh, you know, if you're commission that kind of thing, then a fixed rate mortgage may be more comfortable, particularly if you're at the, the sort of the outside of your affordability chart, you want to, you're pushing it a little bit, um, then at least you know for the next five years, uh, you know what your mortgage payment is going to be. Whereas if, uh, you know, if you have a little bit of latitude from a budget perspective, the variable, uh, or it's really not a variable, typically they're adjustable rate mortgages, meaning your payment will go up if rates go up. So you'll save it looks like you will save money over that five-year period. And also, uh, if again, leaving yourself a little bit of latitude will, uh, if you're not at the, at the top of your payment, your monthly payment uh, capacity, then, uh, you know, that will allow you to absorb a little bit of the, the payment fluctuation, which That's will okay. make it easier if you take a variable. Awesome. That's uh, a lot of great information in there, Colin. If people want more information or have questions about what you just said, how did they get a hold of you? Uh, well, I could just uh, my our phone number. Uh, I could leave that and uh, and then our email address. But probably uh, our phone number is the easiest. Uh, it's four one six six seven six six seven seven seven. That's my direct cell phone number. So if anybody has any questions, uh, be happy to answer them. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you on for an update in the new year. Thanks for having me. When we come back, your questions and this week's hot listing. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And the first email comes from Mena in Thornhill. She wants to know if new build condos are a good investment idea or is now not the time because of the high prices. That's a great question. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of work with pre-construction over the last few weeks. And now is the time for Toronto and and even surrounding York region, because if you notice that the prices are starting to go up now, they're not going to come down. Uh, Toronto is one of the most undervalued places in the world where, you know, if you look at New York or Chicago or Paris or London, you're, you're looking at prices around $2,500 a square foot, $3,000 a square foot. And these are us prices. You look at Toronto and the most expensive condos that we have right now for pre-construction are around the $1,800 Canadian per square foot. And so there's still a lot of deals out there for $1,000, $1,200, $1,300. So now's a great time because the upside in the GTA condo, pre-construction condo market is huge. All right. Our next question is from Josh and Markham, and he wants to know if he should wait for the traditional spring market to list his home, or are the old sales cycles to be ignored? Yeah, they're you know, definitely to be ignored at this time because there's no inventory. What you want to do is you don't want to time it by month or season. You want to, if you wanted to time the sale of a property, you want to look for when inventory levels are the lowest. And if you look around your street and notice that there's three or four or five other houses on sale, that's not the right time to go on the market. But if you look around and you're not seeing any first sale signs, that's the time you want to go on. You want to be the only game in town, and that's going to attract most of the attention to your property and allow you to get multiple offers and get the most for your home. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But also, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Okay, now they can always reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Time now for the On the Market Hot Listing. Asif, over to you. Okay, now we're going to go outside of York Region for a very affordable condo. It's been completely redone. This place is absolutely stunning and guaranteed that this place is the best unit in the building. We're going to Victoria Park in 401 area. Again, great for commuters. Even if you work in York Region, it's so accessible from right here. You're right by the 404. You're right by the 401. Victoria Park is absolutely great, heading all the way up through Steeles. And I sound like a traffic reporter, <laughs> but this place is this place is stunning. And it is a larger unit. It's close to 1,500 square feet, and you don't see that anymore in the New York mm-hmm. condos. It's a three-bedroom unit, Tina, two bathrooms, great property, and it has been completely redone from top to bottom, absolutely stunning kitchen, high-end appliances. It's a must-see. Okay, three-bedroom, 1,500 square feet, the list price and where our listeners can get more information. The list price on this is five hundred and forty-nine nine. And for more information, they can contact Heather Cooper at 416-554-3566. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.